Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here back for the final instalment of our NBL show for season 2022 and 2023, should I say. What a season it has been, without a doubt, the most enthralling season today, in my eyes, of NBL. Um, from start to finish, it has been non-stop, frenetic to say the least, and it ended in the most most suspenseful, uh, well, yeah, we'll go suspenseful, suspenseful way with the Game 5 victory for the Sydney Kings over the New Zealand Breakers last Wednesday night, thus cementing themselves as back-to-back champions. A phenomenal effort from both teams, certainly looking forward to getting into that one a little bit more shortly soon. Before we do so, though, a big shout-out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover, two tremendous networks doing tremendous things for not only us, but other content creators in and around Australia, the US, Canada. Uh, so we certainly appreciate all their continued work and con- continued support of us here at The Daily Dribble. Let's get into some quick odds and ends, though, before we chat a little bit more about the NBL Grand Final. Now, some of these are from the week prior, uh, but still relevant in their own sense. Uh, we'll start with a little bit of free agency news. Now, I'll be sure to keep you guys up to date with all the fallout over the coming weeks as that really kicks off. Uh, but just a couple of quick points here with trade news and, and free agency. Uh, Tyrell Harrison from the Brisbane Bullets has signed a two-year extension. He's averaged five points, four and a half rebounds on 82% from the field this season. Um, mind you, all of that being inside the arc, but nevertheless, 82% from the field is fantastic. A phenomenal clip there. He saw a bit of a dip in his minutes this season and output, um, which is to be expected. But we'll be hoping to be a big contributor next season for the Bullets. As it, like they are desperate. They were really desperate to make a finals burst this year. Wasn't to be the case. In many people's eyes, they were arguably one of the favourites to not even make the playoffs uh, or the play-in, should I say. They will be desperate to re- return to that former glory and to make themselves the most competitive team possible. So they'll be hoping Harrison can be a big, big part of that. And again, I've spoke about it with other teams over the last few weeks. Start to build a little bit of continuity within the squad. On other Bullets news, Tanner Krebs has also decided to test his value in free agency. Now, for me, being a Tassie boy, um, oh, Krebs being a Tassie boy as well, should I say, it would be great to snag his signature. Now, it's a name we've been rumoured with over the last couple of weeks, but I would love to have this one put pen to paper Let's get it done. Krebs down here with the Jack Jumpers. That would be a fantastic acquisition. And for him as well, the home crowd would just go absolutely bananas to have him playing for us on My State Bank Arena as opposed to being the opposition. So hopefully that one falls into place. In other news, Anthony Drimmich will become a free agent after both him and the Adelaide 36ers opted out of their the uh, the contract that they had in place there. Um, they were looking to opt out and then re- renegotiate, but they weren't able to, to snag a deal in this one. Now, a bit of a breakdown, whether that's money, whether that was role, uh, not sure what the case was there, but Trimich will also be a free agent. Likewise, Robert Franks for the 36ers isn't expected to return, nor is Daniel Johnson. So, again, another team that was probably, for most pundits out there, their favourite heading into the season. They fell well short of expectations uh, again, they're going to have a lot of work to do this off-season to reach the lofty expectations that they've put on themselves as a franchise now. Um, undoubtedly, this year was hugely, hugely disappointing. And over the coming weeks, I'll do a bit of a season review on all 10 teams within the league. 
But for my eyes, they're probably the one that failed to uh, to reach the expectations most. Uh, a very disappointing season there in Adelaide, but you know, when you hit rock bottom, the only way is up. Speaking of free agent, Ben Eyre from the Cairns Taipans will also become a free agent after his team option wasn't picked up, uh, much to my surprise. Now, there will no doubt be plenty of suitors for Ben based on his playoff performance there. He was fantastic against the Sydney Kings with the undermanned Taipans. was really a shining light and certainly uh, certainly didn't hurt his contract chances at all with the, with the displays he put in, so... Um, again, another name that's somewhat been rumoured with the Jack Jumpers. Would love to say, see him make the transition down south, uh, but watch this space as well. Speaking of Jack Jumpers, there's quite a bit of news happening down here in Hobart at the moment. Namely, this happened the other week, but the Jack Jumpers are on the hunt for a new CEO after Simon Brookhouse resigned a couple of weeks ago now. Done a phenomenal job since the club's inception and leaves the club in a really, really healthy position moving forward. No doubt a massive loss. What he did, he was the building block. He was the foundation. Lord Scott Roth here. Um, it's certainly going to be big, big shoes to fill. Certainly I had the opportunity to, to meet Mr. Brookhouse. Uh, that's very official. Let's call him Simon. Uh, meet Simon on a couple of occasions and spoke to him. A terrific guy, terrific operator. Um, and no doubt we'll have big things in store for him. We certainly wish him all the best and thank him for what he's brought to not only the NBL, but Tasmania as a whole as well, um, has really done a fantastic job in in being the, the guiding force behind this franchise. Continued Jack Jumpers talk. Scott Roth mentioned last week how at this point in time, only all-NBL first-team player Milton Doyle was the only import to be offered a, a new contract as of yet. Now, in regards to Josh Majette and Rashad Kelly, they would assess their contract situations in due time, uh, based on what happened with Doyle and based on local NBL player decisions. Now, as a funny little predicament at the moment, I think if I was a franchise, I would be looking at bringing back Majet. Um, unfortunate that he went down with that untimely injury in the last game of the regular season this year. Who knows how that series against the Breakers would have played out had he have been healthy. Uh, but I think what he offers as an on-court general is huge. I would love to see him come back. Um, didn't quite have the shooting season that we'd uh, hoped for based off season one, but still would be a key contributor for a Jack Jumpers franchise, knocking on the doors of being a powerhouse within the competition. On the Jack Jumpers, Sam McDaniel has declined his player option uh, and will become a free agent, as will Matt Kenyon. So two big names there who have been, again, done phenomenal things in their own right for the Jack Jumpers in their in their first two seasons within the league, uh, but looking now to test their uh, test the waters in uh, in another NBL franchise. So I certainly wish them both all the best. Uh, spoke to Sam McDaniel the other week. Don't want to give too much away or get the hopes too high, but uh, things are in motion to ho- hopefully have him on the podcast in the coming weeks as well. So certainly looking forward t- to that. Um, you know, I won't hinder him too much about leaving the Jack Jumpers, but would it's going to be a fantastic opportunity to chat to him um, and just chat to uh, to how he's found the last couple of years down here because we as fans have found it just totally engrossing. Um, it'll be a fantastic opportunity to hear from a player who's been in the thick of it since day one. Also on the Jack Jumpers, they've re-signed Fabian Krizlovic to a new two-year extension. Phenomenal reward for effort for the big man there. Um, playing behind Mc- Magne there, he has been electric. 
uh, really offers such a such an offensive threat as well as defensive. His ability to hit the three ball, I think, has really come on in probably the last six to twelve months in particular. Hitting it with some real consistency and fluidity now. So I'm delighted to have him back and have no doubt in my mind that he'll do big things next season. Pushing ahead, uh, news as reported by News Corp, the New Zealand Breakers are set to play at least two games this coming October versus NBA competition. Last season, we saw the Adelaide 36ers go and tackle Phoenix. Now, we might all remember that that was just a ridiculous game. Adelaide toppling the Suns in what was one of the more spectacular games of three-point shooting I've seen, uh, as well as playing the Thunder, a game in which they went down, but certainly didn't lose any fans there. This year, it's going to be going to be the Breakers. Um, I'm super, super excited for this. Um, it's also been reported another NBL team will be heading over to the States to play NBA comp, uh, opposition. That team hasn't been announced as of yet. But again, now I speak to this quite a lot. I truly believe the NBL, behind the NBA, is the second highest level of professional basketball in the world. Um, for as good as the EuroLeague is, for as good as the CBA in China is, I truly believe the product and the quality in the NBL is just behind the NBA. So these these games offer a fantastic opportunity just to see how we really stack up against the best in the world. And as I said, as 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 of last year, we uh, we gave a very good account of ourselves, the boys from Adelaide. So really looking forward to seeing what the Breakers can do. And again, based on their season this year, uh, certainly a great reward for effort. Speaking of reward for effort, Xavier Cooks made his debut the other day for the Washington Wizards, suiting up against Sacramento there, came on for the last couple of minutes. Great to see him out there. Um, what a hell of a week he's had. You know, the the MVP of the NBL, now an NBA champion, once again, back-to-back champion, made the flight over to the US, suiting up against the Sacramento Kings um, in a deal, a four-year deal he's signed on for. Xavier Cook's a four-year deal at $6 million. Uh, it's just as mind-blowing. It's life-altering for him and certainly very, very, very well-deserved. Um, again, as I said, a great reward for effort. What he's done, he has been the benchmark in the league over the last two seasons. Um, and again, it really is just highlighting how the NBL is such a, such a strong pathway into the NBA now. Um, and certainly looking forward to seeing Cooks hopefully flourish there as, as Jock Landau is. Um, as a multitude of other players are from the NBL. So really good things there. Likewise announced Jarrell Brantley from the New Zealand Breakers. He received a 10-day contract with the Utah Jads. Had a ridiculous season. Uh, really stepped up big time for a Breakers team that had been languishing the last couple of years. Got them right back into the, the foothold of the league. Got them into the NBL finals. Was a big part of that. Um, so he gets the opportunity he deserves. He's hoping he can lock down a spot, um, but I, I think he's uh, he's certainly got 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 a spot in the league. If it was me, I think what he can offer on both ends of the floor, uh, they'll find a spot for him somewhere. Let's push ahead Daily into a very brief recap of the NBL. Granted, it's now nearly a week since it culminated. Um, I'm sure a lot of you who tune into this show, you've already read all the articles, seen all the clips. Um, so we'll do a pretty quick review of, uh, yeah, review. A pretty, I was about to say preview. Let's go a pretty quick review of this one. Game three, the Kings batted the Breakers 91 to 68 in front of a record NBL crowd. 18,049 packed Kudos Bank Arena. 
to see a new, a very comprehensive second half performance there. Uh, after trailing by four at half time, the Kings just went absolutely bananas, outscoring the Breakers forty-eight to twenty-one in the second half. Uh, it really was probably one of the most complete, complete halves of basketball I've seen this season. Um, so a record crowd there. Game four in front of a record crowd in New Zealand there in Spark Arena. 9,742 fans saw the Breakers knock off the Kings 80 to 70. A slow Kings from the start. They were really at, at uh, they were able to turn it into a real tussle, uh, but the Breakers were just able to kind of, what's the word? Solidify? Yeah, that's the one. I, was, I, was, I had another word in my head, but uh, I got getting tongue tied tonight. Uh, before the Breakers were able to solidify in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Kings 26-18 to 18, um, to help punch their ticket into that do-or-die game five. Now, I said going into the series, it was it was going five. I picked the Breakers. It wasn't to be. Again, in front of a new record crowd, a new NBL record crowd, 18,124 fans packed Kudos Bank Arena to see the Kings outlast the breakers in what was it was really a it was a roller coaster of emotions to be honest if you're a fan of either team um you know fair play to you if you're still here my heart would have probably burst out of my chest um the breakers really came out with an, an intent and aggressiveness and because of that we're able to get the kings into early foul trouble uh, which translated into the breakers taking a 22 to 11 lead at quarter time from there, though, the Kings were able to roar back in that second quarter off the back of the breakers, getting good looks and not converting, while Xavier Cooks really got busy. Um, helped close the gap to one at half time, trailing 35 to 36 at the half. Now, the bane of the breakers' existence this se- or this, this series, should I say, was third quarters, and it looked like that was set to continue as the Kings went up by four, uh, but the breakers were able to storm back as well in that third quarter, holding a lead, or sorry, getting it back to a tie score at 56 apiece heading into the last quarter. Now, it's uh, it's everything you dream for. As a neutral fan, the final game of the season, game five, boys 2-2, game five going to a quarter four with scores tied. You know, it doesn't get much better than that. And for all intensive purposes, it looked like the breakers were going to run away with it. They were up by seven in halfway through the fourth quarter, before the Kings just went absolutely bananas, showing the real heart of a champion, going on a 14-0 run, aiding them to victory, 77-69. to As I said, clinching back-to-back titles. Um, wow, was, what a game. Um, first and foremost, shout-out to Derek Walton Jr., crowned finals MVP. Very well-deserved. I, For mine, I thought Justin Simon was going to get it, in particular with the way he played across the first couple of games. Uh, might have been a little bit of recency bias there, but take nothing away from Walton Jr. Fantastic season for him. All NBL first team, capping it off with the finals MVP. But my man of the match, and regardless of what you think in a box score sense, was uh, was Angus Glover. Now, Rowan and I have spoken about quite extensively. It's not a hate. Hate's a very deep word, but a dislike for this guy just partly because he's hit so many big shots against us, even in our two-year infancy. Uh, but Angus Glover showed the real heart of a champion. In the third quarter, the man looked like he could barely breathe, barely stand up, barely move. And Chase Buford rolled the dice. 
brought him back on effectively. I thought they were going to be playing 4v5. But Glover came back on death's door when the chips were stacked against the Kings. He came up big, getting offensive boards, hitting big shots, absolutely busting his ass. As I said, I'm sure a lot of you guys watched the game or have seen all the all the clips and everything surrounding it. But for me, in a sporting sense, not just basketball, not just NBL, Angus Glover put in one of the most gutsy performances I've ever seen. And to be fair, I, if he didn't suit up, I dare say the Kings wouldn't be NBL champions now, would be singing the plaudits of the breakers. Uh, but that was all time from Glover. You know, he's that was really endearing to me. And I think a lot of other people out there, regardless of what you think of the Sydney Kings, you cannot help but respect a performance like that. Um, and I'm sure all his teammates... You know, they would have got around him pretty hard. He's, uh, I reckon he's added just another zero to his upcoming paycheck there. Um, so very fair play, Angus Glover, in my mind, game five, MVP. You know, as I said, he he was um, he was kind of the barometer for them. You know, he didn't have the most points. He didn't have the most impact. He end, what did he end up finishing with? 12 points, nine rebounds for, you know, a pretty small guy. Uh, but he left it all out there. It was plus 14 when he was on the court. Um, hence the reason why Buford was so keen to get him back on despite, you know, playing well below 100%. So fair play there to Angus Glover, the Sydney Kings back-to-back champions. As I said, taking nothing away from the New Zealand Breakers. A real rags to riches story. Um, they were a handful of minutes away from being NBL champions. As I said, when they were up seven, halfway through the fourth quarter, I thought it was just about curtains. Um, unfortunately, some pretty lackluster offensive possessions derailed them, um, and the Kings just turned up the heat. So, as I said, true heart of a champion. Looking forward to over the coming weeks doing a bit of a season review there. Um, a lot to break down. I have no doubt in my mind the Breakers, should they keep this core intact, again, will be will be in and around the mix. Uh, the big point of concern, I think, is whether they can keep William McDowell-White, who, for me, he probably would have been finals MVP had the Breakers won this one. Uh, but there's eight teams currently vying for his signature at the moment. A very, very hot commodity come free agency. Uh, certainly looking forward to seeing where he ends up. The Jack Jumpers are in and around the mix, as they seem to be with everyone at the moment. But looking forward to seeing how that plays out, guys. As I said, this was kind of the final episode of season NBL 2022-2023. That being said, at this stage, things look set to be continuing. I'll keep the show running uh, with our NBL-focused show over the coming weeks, looking at free agency, looking at season reviews. Dare I say it, the season, you know, there's about a six-month break, so I'll probably have a little bit of a rest in between there. But the content is non-stop. So I implore you guys, if you're not already, follow all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, to get all the latest news as it breaks, as well as subscribing wherever you listen to the show, whether that's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other leading podcast providers. As I said, had a few conversations during the week, looking to get some guests on board, uh, some pretty notable names there. So uh, stay up to date with that, guys. A lot to look forward to. I'll be back again this week with Rowan Lee for our NBA Focus show. Looking forward to chewing all the fat with the lads as we rapidly approach the NBA, uh, NBA should I say, playoffs. Um, very exciting times indeed as a basketball fan. So Really can really appreciate all the continued support. I've had a shocker tonight. The uh, just tongue tied to the nth degree, so I reckon that's my cue to wrap it up. 
But uh, I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. Till then, have a fantastic week and enjoy everything from the NBA. See you guys.